access. Incredible access. Access. I can't Incredible really think of anything access. that doesn't become a matter of access. Even to write poetry that is going to document personal feelings requires access to those feelings, recognition of those feelings, access to a way of expressing those feelings once they've been identified. So I'm <laughs> assuming that there's access to language and that those identifying those feelings have access to a way to translate feelings into the language they're going to use to express them. Access to something with which to document thoughts and ideas. Access to time to spend on poetry. When the mad poets came from Toledo, Ohio to Ann Arbor, I wanted them to have access to a different way to document and understand and I guess even cherish what they notice. I wanted them to notice beyond their usual spheres of notice or perhaps what they usually noticed in weren't spheres but were just two-dimensional circles. I wanted to extend their notice to include acquisition of dimensionality. So I wanted the mad poets to have access to a means of noticing what perhaps they didn't usually notice. I wanted the mad poets to have access to extensions of what is local to include the North Campus of the University of Michigan. So without telling them that everything planned for them was also the most basic intro to principles of limited fork poetics, the study of interacting language systems. I sent the mad poets outside. Really, just minutes after they got here, I wanted them to go outside. In teams of two, with digital cameras, for the whole morning of our one, maybe a little overly ambitious day together. I wanted the terrain, the geography, the landscape to belong to them. And I wanted that belonging to be helped along by using a camera which has that wonderful ability to take incredibly large space Maybe, maybe seemingly infinite space uh, to make it manageable on a two-inch, a three-inch screen. Well, I wanted them to document what they responded to visually. The visual connection, for those who are sighted, of course, is, is so profound. Even music, which logically could be primarily a sonic event, is deeply entrenched in, in visual elements. 
it's sometimes very difficult to separate the visual and sonic completely, one causing one to remember the other, to recall the other, one being a cue for uh, the other. Using the camera is such a tactile event. And for that reason, one wouldn't have to be sighted to use the camera well. Perhaps sight impedes the use of the camera because the sighted one might look at it, might become too involved with the appearance of the camera to simply use it on faith. But the non-sighted user of the camera perhaps can better take advantage of those sonic cues and in a <laughs> pure way, a different pure way, aim toward those sonic cues and capture the visual representation of the sonic cue. I asked the mad poets to use the cameras as a third eye uh, to allow it to capture their understandings of what they saw. Not to try to capture the entireties or, or a certain common reality of what they saw, but to try to capture how they saw it, um, what seeing it means. I wanted them to document what they were willing to get close to, what they would be willing to keep. And so to use the cameras to capture their unique way of seeing so that the captured images and footage would become a map of their interpretation of an unfamiliar landscape that becomes more and more local as the camera pulls in their vision whenever the shutter release is clicked, whenever the perception is framed in a way that matched what they wanted to remember, that seemed accurate for what they were understanding as they looked. The particular angles of how they see and how they assign value to what is seen. All morning outside, all of it, all morning interacting with a world they brought inside in digital pieces that they learned to reassemble into a new structure of their understandings compiling what they had to say about the captured visual pieces into movie poems combinations of still image moving image and text and sound using a palette of the basic applications that come installed on every Apple computer, there to empower individuals, though of course, only those with access. And on that Wednesday in April, the mad poets of Toledo, Ohio, had access to the tools 
necessary to make movie poems. They had a desire to make something, and they had the opportunity to make something, and they had the means to make something. The hardware, the software, the peripheral devices. They had a welcoming external environment, one filled with so many structures and angles and intersections, it's unlikely that they wouldn't find something to which they recognized an attraction. And of course, they believed themselves safe on the North Campus of the University of Michigan. They had access to Design Lab One, a technologically enriched space in which they could learn to make their movie poems and to burn DVDs of their movies, DVDs that each mad poet took away. Incredible access, access, incredible, incredible access, access.